You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. On this Saturday edition, plenty to keep us busy. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter. You can find me there, at Gordon Damer. We are a week away from the Super Bowl, and yet, you know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's you, too. I don't feel like I've really focused on the game at all. really haven't thought about the game at all. You know, once in a while here or there, but there's been so much other stuff going on that I've been focusing on that rather than Chiefs Niners. And usually the, with the two weeks, that second week you start to focus on the game, but that first week, yeah, maybe you mention it here or there, maybe there's something unique to that that game that season, but it's kind of hard to focus on the game for two solid weeks. I mean, you're just talking about the same things over and over again. Let's just play the game. I'd so much rather have it be just the one week, right? Get right into it. But this, and, and this is usually a time where maybe you're starting to, you have to find stories. You got to kind of work a little bit more, trying to dig things up that might be interesting or controversial or, or compelling. But this year, that's really not been the case. First, you had the Jeter Hall of Fame announcement, the fact that that one uh, anonymous dope did not vote for him and all those old debates. And then yesterday, obviously, you have Eli Manning, the big uh, retirement announcement. Not unexpected, but still big day for the Giants, big day for Eli. All those old debates. The Mets getting a do-over on naming a manager and doubling down on the same thing they already did. <laughs> hey, you know what? We need a new manager. We probably should get somebody. They should get somebody who has some experience. Uh, they're going with Carlos Beltran. Oh, okay. Uh, so much for that. Oh, they're firing Carlos Beltran. Oh, you know what? Now they should they should get somebody who has some experience. Uh, no, they're hiring Luis Rojas. All right, then. So much for that. More fallout from the Astros thing. You heard uh, Mike Fires not wanting to talk about it. Yeah, I think he said all he needed to say. You have Antonio Brown this week. And then, of course, you have the Knicks. The Knicks coming in late, just under the wire with some comic relief as always. But let's start with Eli, because yesterday was his day. First off, big congratulations to him. Congratulations to the Giants as well, who handled yesterday about as perfectly as you could handle it. Big day. They made it feel like a big event. The Super Bowl trophies were there. All the former players coming back as well. Certainly was great. And Eli was fantastic. Great lines. Referencing Wellington Mara, keeping it short and sweet. Sometimes people go on and on and on in these things. And the impact of some of the individual things that are said are kind of forgotten about or washed away just because they've been going on and on for so long. So great job by Eli. Great job by the Giants. A perfect send-off for one of their truly iconic players. I don't have any regrets, and I won't look in the rearview mirror. Would we have liked to have won more games or championships? Of course we would have. There were tough times that I learned and grew from, but I always knew the level of effort and sacrifice that my teammates and coaches made. We did all we could do every week. I choose to leave this game with only positive memories. Why harp on the not-so-proud moments? Where is the value in that? If there are going to be endless echoes, Choose the good ones. For now, I'll focus on the touchdowns, the wins, celebrations with teammates, family, and friends, and sharing a cold beer in the back of a bus after a big game. I'll remember the OTAs and training camps. All right, so there's a little bit of Eli Manning yesterday, and what you really kind of expected, right? For all the struggles that the Giants as an organization have had the last few years, 
They get things like that perfect. And yesterday really was about as perfect as it could be. It was not really any surprise that they handle it perfectly, not any surprise that Eli would handle it perfectly. Always classy, always humble, always handled things pretty much in the right way. So no surprise. Everyone likes Eli. Everyone kind of respects Eli for everything that he's done for the organization. So yesterday, a perfect send-off for him, about as perfect as you could have under the under the circumstances. But, of course, we spent the time after we found out that he was going to make it official on Friday with a lot of the same debates about the Hall of Fame. And I think what is clear are two things. A, he is going to get in. I don't know why we're still debating whether or not he's going to get in. I'm not sure if it's right away. We'll find that out. I don't know if it's going to be first ballot because his Hall of Fame case, when you're presenting what the argument is, it's not a detailed case. It is a unique case. It's different than just about everyone else. And whether or not we ever see anyone else with the same argument to make, it's debatable. But the Hall of Fame case is simple. It is simply. He won two Super Bowls. He won two Super Bowl MVPs. He was a major catalyst for those Super Bowl runs as well as for the titles him themselves. I keep seeing people get lost in everything else. The reason that he's going to get in is this. The reason he's going to get in is that. That's where it starts and ends. You can bring up other things, other important aspects of his career. But the Hall of Fame case is that. Two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs. Durability. As great as it is, as amazing as it is, as unique as it is, is not the reason he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. Conducting himself with class, not the reason he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. Did he do that? Yes. That's not why you put someone in the Hall of Fame. Handling criticism in the biggest media market. I'd like to see that one put on the plaque. No, that's not why he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. He was great in the community, NFL Man of the Year. That's not, they have an award for that. It's the NFL Man of the Year. It's not the Hall of Fame. And the stats that people keep bringing up, well, he's seventh all time in touchdowns and passing yards. Stop. Stop twisting yourself and turning yourself and all these. It's clear cut. We all know it. Just admit it. He's getting in because he won two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs. The rest of his career, I'm not going to say it was mediocre because he did have good years. I don't know necessarily that they were Hall of Fame years. But the rest of his career was kind of underwhelming. He was never in the conversation as a top three or a top five quarterback. Usually when you're talking about Hall of Famers, that's usually where the argument kind of rests. The first three years of his career were rough. The last three years of his career were also rough. And in between, he did have some really good years. But as has been pointed out, it was just as likely that he would lead you to a game-winning drive one week and th then throw a bunch of interceptions the next. And he was playing at a time where there were guys that were simply better and at a time where passing was easier to come by than other times in NFL history. Don't look at he's seventh on the all-time list and think that that somehow carries some major weight. That's largely tied to the fact that he was so durable. But durability is not a reason to put someone in the Hall of Fame. You know how you know that? You've never heard that argument before. Show me the other guy who the Hall of Fame case has been about. And you said, you know what? You got to put him in because he was durable. 
I think you're going to be waiting a while to come up with that, that example. But he won two Super Bowls. He won two Super Bowl MVPs, and that's why he's going to get in. Don't try to make it about anything other than that. And part of the reasons why those Super Bowl runs were so incredible was because they were so unexpected from Eli Manning at those stages of his career. And if he wins one Super Bowl, he's probably not getting in. If he wins one Super Bowl MVP, he might not get in. His stats, even in this day and age, and it's hard to have a a direct comparison. I said his career is very unique. But you can't go back and say, well, he had more passing yards than Dan Fouts. Come on. Did you watch Dan Fouts play? Because I'm guessing if you were alive to watch that time, you realize that passing then was a lot tougher than passing now. His stats, just in terms of stats, they're very similar to Phillip Rivers. What's missing? Oh, oh, that's right. Two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVP. Now, I don't know. Maybe Phillip Rivers will get in. I, I don't know. But if he doesn't get in, I don't think that there will be any outrage. Nobody's going to be picketing the NFL offices. But it's funny because that's essentially what Pat Leonard of the Daily News wrote yesterday. The headline was that Eli doesn't deserve the Hall of Fame, but he's going to get in anyway. That is not an outrageous position. You know how you know that? Because we've look at all the time we have spent debating whether or not he's getting into the Hall of Fame. But the reaction to that article was like Pat Leonard was walking around the press conference screaming, not a Hall of Famer, like interrupting answers like he was some member of the uh, Howard Stern whack pack. Eli Manning had a very unique career. It's not like anyone else. He was not considered one of the best of his era while he was playing. He had very up and down week to week, but he won two Super Bowls. He won two Super Bowl MVPs. And people on the other side, well, that, that makes up for it? Clearly it does, because the people who are in this thing and do end up voting, it seems like they are going to put him in the Hall of Fame. So for anybody who wants him in the Hall of Fame, relax. He's going to get in eventually. Now, if he doesn't get in on the first year on the ballot five years from now, relax. He's going to get in. Sometimes it takes people a while. It took uh, T.O. a while to get in. There's lots of people. It takes them a while. The people that you thought while watching their career, that guy's a Hall of Famer. But you also don't have to twist yourself into this weird position to justify what you want. If he doesn't get in on the first ballot, it won't be an outrage, even though Giant fans will make it out to be. And even though a lot of them that will make it out to be, they were the same ones who could not wait for him to be gone. And now that he is, he's almost like funeral phonies. You ever go to like a funeral and people are all torn up about it, but you remember what the person's relationship was with the person who died before they died? That's what it was like with a lot of them. He will get into the Hall of Fame eventually. And he will get in for one simple reason. I don't know if I've mentioned it. He won two Super Bowls and he won two Super Bowl MVPs. That's it. That's the case. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So lots to do. We'll get into the giant conversation, if you want, from Eli Manning. Uh, there's a couple other points that I want to bring up because the, the things that I've heard this week, sometimes I'm driving in the car and I'm thinking to myself, am I crazy? Am I on like another planet? But the, the, the things that are being brought up and the things that are being said, 
You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. We have uh, been talking about the Giants and the uh, scene yesterday as Eli officially announces his, his retirement and really what you would expect, right? The Giants handled it perfectly. Eli handled it perfectly. And uh, maybe not so much some of the callers and listeners and people who have had opinions on it because it's it's pretty clear cut. Much like yesterday was pretty clear cut, his Hall of Fame case is pretty clear cut. It comes down to one thing. But yet the mental gymnastics that I hear people bringing up all the time. Well, no, he also has – no. It's not about – if you're not pointing out those things for anyone else ever for their Hall of Fame case – well, then that's not the bulk of your argument. Now, he did win two Super Bowls, and that's why he's going to get in. But don't try to compare him to this one or that one because his case is very unique. I mean, the things you heard, well, you know, he did throw a lot of interceptions, but Brett Favre threw a lot of interceptions. Are we going to make that comparison right now? I think Brett Favre, to a certain extent, was a little over. I mean, he won an MVP one year where Barry Sanders rushed for 2,000 yards. And it was a co-MVP. I mean, you know, come on. But Brett Favre also led the league in touchdown passes. There's no question that during the time he played, Brett Favre, year in and year out, was in the conversation for, for top quarterback in the league, if not top, you know, number one, top three, top five. That was not a conversation that surrounded Eli Manning at any point. And, and that's part, I think that's kind of getting lost now because we know how it turned out. But one of the reasons why it was so incredible, especially that first Super Bowl, was because it was so unexpected from Eli Manning. That Super Bowl run was kind of unexpected based on his career up until that point. But the other thing that I've heard a lot this week was this idea that the Giants wasted him or that he deserved better than this Giants organization. They screwed him in some ways because they they wasted uh, the remaining, you know, the last, the back half of his career. And it's unfor- it is unfortunate that they did not have a better team, did not surround him with a better team. And it's, it's a perfect example of sometimes the, the window of opportunity closes a whole lot quicker than you think. Because over the second half of his career, he went to the playoffs once, and uh, that was a short stay in the playoffs, obviously. But, you know, here's the thing. It, it wasn't like they weren't trying or it wasn't like they said to themselves, ah, you know what? It's not like they took him for granted and said, you know what? We can rebuild because we're going to have Eli here for this many, many. They were trying to win. They did not have people in place that did a very good job of putting a plan in place to win. And, oh, yes, they also just so happened to pay him $45 million over the last two years. Well, you know, money's not everything. No, it's not. But it is something that the Giants could control, and they did control it. They could have cut him before this past season. They could have saved themselves some money and taken that money and put it into making the the current team, last year's team, better. But they were loyal to him. And I think that, that, you know, for all the, the back and forth, I don't think that they regret that decision, even with the way the season turned out. But it was over. I get you love him. But there, maybe sometimes there is no villain, right? In a movie, there always has to be the, the villain. There, maybe there is no villain here. They did what they thought was best. It didn't work. But the struggles over the last few years, they also were kind of tied into him too. 
It's not this idea that uh, he was just completely blameless this entire time. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's get some phone calls in about Eli. We'll go out to uh, Dave is in Jersey City. Dave, what's going on, my man? Okay, I, I, I think Eli belongs in the Hall of Fame, and I think a lot of people are trying to say, with all the quarterbacks, Peyton, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, let's say even you put Russell Wilson in there, Eli would not fit in the top five quarterback. But if you take the rest of the quarterbacks, Eli is a Hall of Famer, and Eli also for his career, let's say the 17 years, held up the brand of the New York Giants. And that is very, um, that's great. And I, Has and he one held reason, up the really, brand of the New York Giants? I mean, the New York Giants for the last three one, or four years have been a laughing stock, Dave. Eli, this is the reason I really like the Eli. All right. Because Eli is Peyton's brother. Can you imagine being a little brother trying to be a Peyton Manning? <laughs> Montana and Peyton is the best two quarterbacks ever to play football. Okay. Can you imagine being a little Peyton brother is, yes. Peyton Manning? Yeah. Can you imagine being a little brother Peyton Manning and, and, and still achieving? Well, I mean, Eli, I think that Eli it also great. helped that he had a, a father who was a, an NFL Eli player. His credit. We get, Dave, credit. everybody gives Eli his credit. Eli's credit. Did Hall I mention that he won two Hall. Super Bowl titles? Did I mention – Ty, can you uh, chime in here? Have I brought up in the – I mean, I know the show's only 25 minutes old. Have I brought up that Eli won two, two Super Bowl titles? Yes, you did. I think I did, right? You I think did. I, I mentioned it a couple of times. That's the accomplishment. No one is taking that away from him. Nobody is saying that he was a passenger on the ride. Nobody is saying that he didn't play great during those Super Bowl runs. Nobody is saying that he didn't deserve the Super Bowl MVPs, even though defense in the first game. No one is saying that, at least not out loud. Everyone is giving him his proper credit. But it also ha- – I know everybody wants to get it caught up now in the love affair and think back and only think of the good times. And we're bringing up the good times. Everybody's focused on the good times. Everybody's talking about the good times. There were the two Super Bowl trophies were sitting right there at the podium yesterday. So those things are all there. They're all out there. I'm just trying to put a little bit of context because it seems like a lot of you are forgetting the context. And I'm not even saying that he won't – if I was saying he won't get into the Hall of Fame, that would be one thing. I'm not saying that. I think that the proper perspective, as I brought up the Pat Leonard article, his career is very unique. There's no one else that you can point to and say, well, they had a very similar career to Eli Manning. Eli Manning's career was better than Jim Plunkett. Now, it doesn't measure up to the other guys who were quarterbacking at the time that he played. But he won two Super Bowls. Those things happened. And if your question is, are those two Super Bowl titles and the MVPs that went along with it, is that enough to overcome the other 14 years that were underwhelming? Well, the answer clearly is yes, because it seems by all accounts, from all the people that cover the NFL, either NFL uh, voters for the Hall of Fame, people that actually have an impact on it, people that are close to that situation, they all say he is going to get in. Might not be first ballot. Might not be a first time out because it, it's a weird – and I'll tell you, because it came up this week with the – the Baseball Hall of Fame, for all the criticism it gets, I'd much rather have that way of handling it where you see what the votes were. Now, I would prefer it's all out there and everybody's vote is public. But uh, the, the, the NFL Hall of Fame is like voting for the Pope. It's all behind closed doors. People are making arguments. We've got to cut down. 
I wanted to see my big takeaway from the Jeter thing was I wanted the guy who does the Pro Football Hall of Fame announcement to chase down the one guy who didn't vote for Jeter. Let the, the big giant guy, what's his name, David Baker? Let that guy show him some retribution. He's not doing anything now. He doesn't have to tell anybody they got into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He, his, his schedule's clear. 1-800-919-ESPN. Let's go out to Steve in Lower Manhattan. Steve! Hey, good morning. Good morning, New York ESPN fans. Let's go out, Steve. So uh, yesterday you were talking about having, you know, um, an imaginary book of the NFL with 10 chapters and uh, saying, you know, would Eli be in that book? And, like, if you think about it, me. You know, but okay. Oh, oh, pardon me. Pardon me, brother. Uh, I listen to the show a lot. So, um, so one of the, one of the things was, um, you know, the, the wins, you know, he's obviously like you keep saying, he's got the two wins, you know, so right. there's got to be a chapter of wins. Um, another one, sports and business go hand in hand. Now his draft was like none other, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, three quarterbacks. Absolutely. Unless you're Philip Rivers, of course, you get traded from one to the other. But I mean, you know, he's he's a very very different dude. He's dynamic. He's definitely going to the Hall of Fame. There's no no doubt about it. Anybody I, I, that says otherwise is just making an argument for no reason. Uh, look, I, I don't think that uh, it's really. Yeah, I don't think it is a, a much of an argument. Now, I do think that you have to present it in that when he gets in, you can't compare it to anything else because you, you can't compare him to the other people that he played alongside. And if you're if you're someone, not that necessarily you vote, but if you're someone who is into it and 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 likes you know creating arguments on sports fans on either side, it's very hard to find another example like Eli Manning. There there isn't one so far. Nobody can find one where a guy who had 14 years where didn't win any playoff games, and then two years where he won all the playoff games that he played in. Uh, the, the, we could live to be a hundred, and we might not ever see anything like that again. So it's a very different case. But usually, when you talk about Hall of Fame, it's about being the transcendent player, about being one of the best at your position at the time you played, and whether or not you were the best at your position long enough. Sometimes it's a guy that's only, especially in the NFL, it's only three or four years where they're the best. Like Terrell Davis, he was the best at his position, but it was a very short window. Or even uh, Kurt Warner, very short window. So sometimes that's the debate. With Eli, there was never any time where we thought that he was one of the best at his position outside of two Super Bowl runs, two Super Bowl MVPs. I think I brought that up. And if you were, if you were writing a book about the NFL, yeah, of course, you'd have to include Eli Manning in the, the, the book, right? Leading game-winning drives in the Super Bowl, one of which came against a previously unbeaten team where they were basically two touchdown underdogs. Yes, you'd have to include – I don't know necessarily that that puts you into the Hall of Fame. But the fact that he won two, and it's very rare for anybody to win two, that's the difference. All right, let's go to John in West Milford. John. Hello. Hey, John. What's up? Um, I, how you doing, Gordon? How you doing? I'm good, I man. I'm good. Weeks. All right. What's up? Um, I keep hearing this, I mean, the argument about Eli being a Hall of Famer. Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer to you? Uh, I don't think I, I probably would not vote him in. Uh, but if he okay. gets in, I won't be outraged. Okay, because I hear a lot of people always saying, you know, the three in the 2004 draft class: Philip Rivers, Eli, and Ben, Big Ben. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're six, seven, and eight in passing yards. Okay, right. And 
I don't. If Philip Rivers is a guaranteed Hall of Famer, which I don't necessarily hear you say, but I no, hear other people I don't, say I, that. I, was, I don't think that you know. Look, he might get in because his numbers will be what they are, and and he's playing at a time where passing is is more favorable. So he might get in. More yards ahead of Eli, and Eli has two Super Bowls. So how would Eli not be a guaranteed lock for the Hall of Fame? Because I don't think that Philip Rivers is a guaranteed lock for the Hall of Fame. He might get. Yeah, uh, look, me saying him, he might get in. I don't know who all the voters are. Uh, right, but he right. might get it. But I'll tell you this. If he doesn't get in, I don't get the sense that uh, all these different, you know, Sports Illustrated or The Athletic are going to be writing articles about, oh, my God, what an outrage that Philip Rivers isn't in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But also, too, I mean, there's other quarterbacks, I believe, isn't it? Dan Fouts, definitely Jim Plotkin. Didn't they have losing records going into the Hall of Fame? Uh, Fouts did not. I think Fouts was just slightly above 500. Uh, and um, who was the other one he mentioned? Plunkett. I think Plunkett was right at 500. I don't think that you can compare either the, I mean, Fouts, I know for sure. I remember watching his career. He was one of the best quarterbacks of his time. Now, maybe he didn't play with the greatest teams if he, if he finished it around 500, but there was no question while he was playing, Dan Fouts was in the conversation of best quarterbacks in the sport. That was not the case with Eli Manning. I mean, and again, people calling up saying, well, you know, we're tired of having the debate. Nobody's debating whether or not he belongs. Have we had a call so far saying he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame? I'm just saying that if he doesn't get in right away, don't go to outrage place. Don't uh, don't feel like you've been triggered, okay? Because it might not happen that way. But when he do- he will get in eventually, and then you can have your Dan Canton. Even though a lot of you, they're you're a bunch of phonies who uh, were crushing the guy when he was here. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Was it yesterday that Dallas Keuchel said what he said? And I, I got to be honest. When I hear what he said, what he said, I said, you know, and it's not doing any good. You, you can you can apologize all you want. You can say whatever you want to say. It's not going to make me feel any better. So for all the talk about, they have to talk about this. They have to come out and say maybe they don't, because no matter what they say, it's probably not going to make you feel any better about it. All right, let's go back to the phones. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the phone number. Coop is in Brooklyn. Coop. Coop. Coop is not paying attention. You gotta pay attention. You gotta be on the ball. If you're gonna be on the phones, you gotta be on the ball. Chris is in Beth Page. Chris, what's going on? I'm president accounted for. All right, there you go. Um, what you got? Uh, now, Gordon. Yeah. Um, I loved listening to Chris Canty, Rick DiPietro, and Dave Rothenberg's take on this. I mean, and I think all people should listen to what those guys said. Okay. They talked about 45 minutes on Eli's career. Yeah. And they put it they put it in the best perspective I heard. Okay. I mean obviously Kenny played with the guy. All sure. right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. First of all, you know Eli won more playoff games than Steve Young, right? Okay. So okay. listen, here's the big deal. You can't compare the way you look at baseball players. You know, you just said Jeter was the best player in his position. Okay. So there's you know, there's nine positions on the field. The position of quarterback is by far the most important position in all sports by far there's nothing that comes close to it you have the ball and you control your team's destiny half the time of the game okay now the thing is about eli is if you're gonna if the fans out there are gonna say oh the defense was helped them win that first super bowl um you know you gotta be fair that in 2015, he threw for 35 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. That's a damn good year. Chris, nobody is saying that. that he didn't have good years. Right, right. But what you're saying is... That's listen, one I year. Understand. I understand. But this narrative that people love to throw out there, that he had a great first half of his career, and then the second half 
was not so good. I'll give you this. Well, the, the team results were not so good the second half. I understand. But that's the team results. There you go. Okay, so but you're done. saying, you know, don't give the defense credit for the Super Bowl because the quarterback position don't. is the most important. And then on the flip side, you're saying, well, you know what? The team wasn't very good around them. I, no, I understand that. I understand that. But if you throw for 35 touchdowns and 14 interceptions, granted, you say the team results weren't that good. Do you know how many times they said Eli had the lead after having a game-winning, game-winning drive, okay? And then the other team came down and scored a touchdown and beat them. You, you don't, people don't dig into that because all they see at the end of the year is, oh, they lost the game. So my point is you have to also put that in context too. Chris, so I think we're putting, it all, we're, we're putting it all in context. I mean, if you want to go through his years, you're pointing out the one year that he had an excellent year. And he did have some excellent years. 2015, 4,400 yards, 35 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Even the year before that, excellent year. 4,400 yards, 30 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Do you want to bring up some of the other ones, though? It's about the whole picture. And there's no – look, he was never once voted the uh, voted All-Pro, first or second team. No one was ever outraged by that. No one ever said, oh, my God, how did they, how did they snub him? We talk about snubs for the Pro Bowl, which nobody really focuses on that much. Unless you're real desperate for some football. Do we have that today? I'm not sure. But we argue about everything, and yet nobody is brought up that he was never an all-pro. His career is very unique. Did he have, Nobody is pointing out that he was terrible every other season. If anybody brings that up, well, then they're obviously lying to you. He did have good years. But it's kind of hard to make the argument that he was this elite quarterback outside of the two years they won the Super Bowl and he was the MVP, when the numbers, the performances, they just don't back it up. They don't back it up. And nobody, during the time it was going on, really debated that that much. I get it. He was your guy, and you'll take him. But when you're talking about the Hall of Fame, you're bringing up things that nobody else's case has ever been presented for. And it's, and it's a little unfair to say, well, you know, you can't talk about the defense winning that first Super Bowl. And I didn't. You have to have a, a defense to win a Super Bowl. You have to have other aspects of the team to be able to win a Super Bowl. And the second Super Bowl, he, the defense was not as good. And the running game was terrible. And he still won. So everybody's giving him credit for that. But you can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, you know, you don't talk about the defense winning the first one. And then in the second half of his career... Well, you know, he just didn't have the talent around him. It wasn't about him. That's that's having it both ways. Randy's on Long Island. Randy. Hey, how are you? I'm good, man. What's How's up? How's it going? All right. A lot of people, I, I hear your argument. I live here in New York. I'm not a fan of Eli Manning. I never have been. Never. But this Are you a Giant fan? Up. I'm not even. Okay. I'm a Carolina Panthers All fan. Right. All right. And I'm not happy with Cam Newton either. All right. But listen, this as a blue-collar carpenter... I watched this guy for 14 years show up every day, 210 consecutive starts. That's mind-boggling. Who else has done that? Only two other people have a longer starting streak than this guy. He showed up day in and day out, and he did his job to the best of his ability. Is he a Hall of Famer? That's not not for me to decide. But for – for that long to show up and do your job to the best of your ability, some years 
He's a four-time Pro Bowler. Don't hear anybody mention that. Because four-time Pro Bowler is not really something that you would talk about for a guy who had a 16-year career if he was truly this elite guy. Four years is not that much. Well, I'm not saying he's an elite guy. I ne- All right, well, that's what we're talking <laughs> How can you say – I mean, you can't point out it's not just about the Super Bowls and then say, well, he was not an elite guy, but he belongs in the Hall of Fame. He belongs in the Hall of Fame because he – am I taking crazy pills? Is it me? It might be me. Kobe. We have Kobe. He's in Staten Island. Kobe, Mamba, what's going on, man? I'm doing good, brother. How I'm you good. doing? All right. What's up? It's so simple, and I don't understand what people aren't seeing. The, the, the peaks were the ultimate peaks. Absolutely. But for 16 years, he was overall an average player. Now, I think what complicates the matter is he's such a good guy that people want to root for him. And I'm a Giant fan, and I loved everything he was about. But when you analyze and you look at what the product the guy put on the field, he was not one of the ten best quarterbacks of his era, period. Now, he'll get in, right, because, again, the peaks were as high as they were. But I don't don't know what people are so clouded about. The guy was not great. He was not a great player. But he had great moments. And are, are, are those are those great moments enough to overcome the rest? And I think the answer is clearly yes. I think the answer is clearly yes. So he is going to get in. But the 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 idea that he played every single day. Who, who else can you say that about? That's not that's not a case for making the the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry, it's not. It's impressive. It's it's rare, but I don't know that necessarily that's the reason why you put somebody in the Hall of Fame because they showed up every single week. There are other guys who showed up every single week that I don't know necessarily that you're saying that about them because I've never heard that presented about any other Hall of Fame case. And I, I'll grant you the, 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 the Football Hall of Fame is not one that is, gets debated about like the Baseball Hall of Fame, but I don't remember ever anybody else saying, well, you know what? The most important thing was he was super durable. I don't think I've heard that before. Or will again. John is in Valley Stream. John. What's up, Gordon? Good morning. Happy Saturday. Um, I just a uh, quick comment, man. I just heard the caller talk about, you know, an elite quarterback and, and the numbers and blah, 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 blah. The bottom line is, you know, I'm a, I'm a diehard, lifelong Giants fan. And I don't think I've, I've seen or witnessed a, a football player in the NFL represent the game with humility and integrity and toughness that Eli Manning did. The same with Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera. And on that case alone, I feel his numbers should be just put aside because the way he represented football when he was taken out last year and never complained. You never heard the guy moan and groan. You never saw him in a you know in a bad interview after a bad loss or a blown you know a blown winning drive. The guy was just a class act. And when you tell the story of football and when you talk to kids who are starting that's the kind of athletes that, that, that you want on your team. And, you know, maybe because I'm biased and, and, and you know, also, I've, how many guys have been on one team for almost two decades, you know, other than these, these couple of guys? And in, in my opinion, that's what makes him an elite quarterback. Right. Forget the wins and losses, forget the, you know, the numbers. When you talk about the overall picture of Eli Manning, I just feel the guy was represented the game 
to the utmost respect and integrity. And on that note alone, I feel the guy should be a first ballot. That, that is man. not a case that has ever been made for anybody else ever before. The fact that he was a good guy and handled the media and all these. And as far as the story of the NFL, we're writing a book about the NFL. If you're included in that book, you have to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, somebody should get on the horn and let know, uh, let uh, Colin Kaepernick know that he's going to the Hall of Fame. Good news, buddy. So for all the people who are making the case about that Eli's personality or his the way he carried himself, he was always a classy ambassador for the team, for the sport. If that's what's getting him into the Hall of Fame, well, then I guess you got to start taking some guys out of the Hall of Fame. Like if that's the induction process, that that's what's leading you to it, well, then maybe LT's got to come out of the Hall of Fame. Now, that's silly, right? Because he was a Hall of Fame player. Nobody questioned that during the time. It's just pointing out that I get it. You're a Giant fan. Eli gave you two titles. You love him to death, even though you, a lot of you couldn't wait for him to get out of here. But now you love him and all. I get it. He's your favorite guy and all those things. Maybe you're not being the most objective. And if you want to go, well, he played all these consecutive games. I just was t- doing a quick look. Bill Romanowski, he played more consecutive games than Eli Manning. And if it's about titles, he's got twice as many as Eli. He's got four. He was on four Super Bowl winning teams. Now, I'll grant you, he didn't represent the brand. He did not represent the shield quite as well. When you go, anytime you go to someone's Wikipedia page and they have uh, altercations as one of the bullet points, probably not a good sign. Also something you don't want on your Wikipedia page, probably racism allegations. That's not not generally one that you want there. So I'm not saying that Bill Romanowski deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But if you're just going with, he played a bunch of consecutive games and he won. He won titles. Okay, then Bill Romanowski going? I don't think so. I don't think you're going to make that argument. Let's go out to Scott and Astoria. Scott. Hey, good morning. Just uh, you're absolutely right about the fandom. So you try and try and take that out as a lifelong Giant fan. Try and be as objective as possible, and it is hard. But being in the Hall of Fame is about pedigree of performance, right, and about comparison to other players, both of current generation and previous generations. And I think with Eli Manning's performance, you can nail it down to five five sort of quick categories. I'll work through them real quick. Uh, Top seven, uh, top ten leader in, in all-time passing yards. So that's ahead of but eight. That's, but that's, that's, but that's big, based on the time quick. that he played, Scott. I mean, Fair it's, enough, it's far that's... easier to pass the ball now. Right, but that's ahead of other players like Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Stafford. Right, those guys are, are still playing, though. Fair enough. Some and Philip Rivers right? is still and playing, and he's already ahead of him. Are you going to put Philip Rivers in the Hall of Fame? Let me work through these next four. Okay. Top top that's eighteen and no. and passer rating in the playoffs. That's ahead of eight Hall of Famers. Okay. He was some great current. in two Super Bowl runs. Didn't win another playoff game in any other year. But go and ahead. that's that's ahead of someone like you know John Elway who played a similar similarly long career and current players such as Roethlisberger, Favre, his brother, um, Steve Young, Warren Moon, players okay. like this. Who he's ahead of in this rating. He's also one of just five players quarterback the most important position in the NFL. One of just five players in NFL history to win multiple Super Bowl MVPs, okay? okay? One of just 12 quarterbacks to win at least two Super Bowls. And the final point on Eli, again, trying to be as objective as possible, is that amongst all of these pedigrees, he's a player that is going to finish his career with not having another player that he has played with from his Hall of Fame resume on offense to make the Hall of Fame with him. Okay, I mean, look, you're twisting yourself into all these positions. 
for no reason. He's going to get into the Hall of Fame. You don't need to do all this work. And he he played with, at least for a short time, Saquon Barkley. And I, I would think it's very early on. Who knows how it turns out? But that's at least a potential player that he could play with that uh, will end up in the Hall of Fame on offense. You're, you're twisting and turning yourself in all these positions for absolutely no reason. He's going to get into the Hall of Fame, and he's going to get into it for one simple reason. It's not durability. It's not class. It's not all those other things. It's because he won two Super Bowls, and he won two Super Bowl MVPs. That's what it has to do with. Nothing more, nothing less. His career, don't compare him to Steve Young, who was considered at the time one of the best quarterbacks at his position. Don't compare him to Brett Favre. Don't go back in history and get guys in the 80s where it was tougher to throw the ball, like Dan Fouts. Just because guys are higher up on the list doesn't make them better than other guys down further on the list. If you look at Ken Stabler's numbers, you would never think Ken Stabler. But if you watch Ken Stabler while he was playing in the era that he did, you would know, yeah, Ken Stabler was a Hall of Famer. And other guys like that, Dan Fouts, Joe Namath. That's another whole show of people that might not believe. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. You know, he hosted Saturday Night Live, Gordon, and the odds of you getting into the Hall of Fame if you host Saturday Night Live are increased by 67%. You know, he was featured in more commercials on an NFL Sunday than nine Hall of Famers. Are you saying that he's not better than Deion Sanders? That Odell commercial doesn't get him in? No, apparently not. And I'm still maintaining Super Bowl on Sunday, they should absolutely, Venmo should have a commercial with Odell where instead of handing out the money at the 50-yard line to the college athletes, he's using Venmo now. So it's behind behind closed doors. That would be a perfect ad for Venmo or any money-changing kind of app. You can have that one for free. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is uh, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Uh, we've been talking about Eli Manning, um, when he is going to get into the Hall of Fame. And you can certainly get in on that. But we have to actually talk about someone who is going to the Hall of Fame. We know it for sure, and we know when it will be. Eli is going to go, but we don't know when it will be. Will it be first year, second year, five years? Who knows? But Derek Jeter, part of the class, the Baseball Hall of Fame class for 2020, he and Larry Walker, Jeter getting in on the first ballot. Larry Walker getting in on his 10th year. And, you know, the Internet has done some incredible work. Crowdsourcing. Every day, just regular people, you and I, working together, be it uh, the Waze app, be it uh, Airbnb. Super Bowl ads in the past have been floated out there by crowdsourcing, solving crimes. It's amazing what the Internet can do. But apparently, still can't find that one guy who didn't vote for Derek Jeter. That guy. And that's the perfect description for the guy is I'm assuming it's a guy. It could be a woman. Who knows? But the term that guy, you know what that means. You don't want to be that guy. And clearly, whoever that person is, man, woman, they wanted to be that guy. And at the end of the day, we don't need to know the person's identity because the first reaction that many people had was when this person comes out and tells you, writes their article or has their radio show or whatever it is, and says, this is the, don't give him any publicity. They don't deserve it. Don't put him on your shows. He's just clearly screaming for attention. But of course, that was not true. They were not looking for attention because 
I, I could almost respect it if they did it for attention because I'm someone who likes either having arguments or creating arguments or you know going back and forth on arguments that maybe as someone with an open mind, maybe they could come up with – now, it would be ridiculous, but I'd be at least willing to hear him out and then pick through his argument and all the reasons why it's wrong. But it's clearly that person was not trying to create an argument because they didn't have a point. The only reason I would think that you could possibly come up with for not voting for Derek Jeter was, well, you know, I had 10 other guys that I wanted to vote for. But even that's ridiculous. The person who ever did that had no other point other than to be that guy. And in the end of the day, is it a big deal? No. And kind of like with Eli, Jeter's old arguments get brought up again. Was he overrated? Was he underrated? I heard a lot of that this week. Now, look, you know me. I'm a Yankee fan. But I will admit to you, some of the things, some of the – I'm going to try and look at it fairly. I'm saying the Giant fans aren't doing that. I think I'm going to try to do that. I will agree with you that some things that get attributed to Derek Jeter in his playing career were a bit overblown. Was he great? Absolutely. But you'd also have to admit, came along at the right time. Played for some great teams, especially early on in his career. Was he a contributor, a major contributor? Absolutely. But it does feel like sometimes the leadership angle, I feel like that was a little overblown. The example that I used this week, BaseballReference.com, the source for baseball stats. You're looking to solve something in an argument or whatnot. Boom, you go to Baseball Reference. All right, what was his numbers? What was this? What was that? Have everything there. And yet under awards for Jeter, yes, they have the, the Rookie of the Year. Yes, they have the World Series MVP. But they also have listed that he was voted the 11th greatest world leader by Forbes magazine. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe people don't know that. Uh, apparently Bono was fifth from U2. But that just kind of – is that silly? Of course. But it kind of just illustrates somehow that, that, that leadership angle or his intangibles I think sometimes was a bit much, was a bit overblown. That aspect to me was a little overrated. But you know what wasn't overrated? His actual production, his actual numbers, people bringing up this week, not like in the heat of the moment, like they didn't expect that they were going to have a conversation about Derek Jeter. They could have researched this and should know it because it just basically happened. They bring up, well, you know, if he wasn't the shortstop on the Yankees, wasn't in the postseason everywhere, it didn't, wouldn't get the attention. Well, maybe the attention he wouldn't if he wasn't in the postseason every year. But into the Hall of Fame? In his first try? Absolutely. And you know how you know that? It really, much like Eli, two Super Bowl, two Super Bowl MVPs. He had the sixth most hits in the history of the sport. Sixth. 34-56. He was getting in in his first year. He has more hits than all but five people who played the sport. Doesn't matter if he was on the Yankees or the Marlins or the Mariners or the Brewers. Well, you don't know that. Yes, I do. It's more hits than Paul Molitor got. And Paul Molitor got in the Hall of Fame. When did he get in? Did he have to wait five years? No, he got in on his first year on the ballot. So some aspects of Jeter's, you know, career, the intangible stuff, it does feel like sometimes people kind of overblow that. Oh, the ultimate winner. Yeah, well, he was playing on some really great teams, and he was really great. So, yeah, it resulted in winning. But more than playing in New York, 
more than any of those things, the, the, the intangibles or any of that, his actual production tells you that he gets into the Hall of Fame and he gets into the Hall of Fame in the first year. Anything other than that is absolutely silly. Now, as for the other aspects of the vote that came out this week, good for Larry Walker, just makes it in. Tenth year on the ballot. The only real knock against him was the durability. He only played 150 games once, as I brought up during the week. But the numbers, both home and away, sometimes people looked at him, oh, he's just a product of, uh, of Coors Field. Not really true. If you take a look at the numbers, they're there for you. You can go and access them. They're not in some secret book in some room that we don't know about. No, they're right on the Internet. And I'm guessing you probably spent some time there. Surprisingly good base runner, excellent defense, so good for him. Next year will really be the interesting year because next year there's not one guy that you would say in terms of the first ballot guys, hey, absolutely, got to put him in right away. Like the best player I think that you would say next year is probably Torrey Hunter, and it doesn't seem like he's going to the Hall of Fame, never mind, in his very first year. But next year would seem to be and they always want to have that day every year so i'm i'm guessing it's not going to be i don't remember the last time that they didn't have at least one person elected to the baseball hall of fame maybe it's happened in my lifetime but i don't remember it i'd have to research that on the internet that i already referenced maybe that's what i should be doing kurt schilling would certainly seem to be the guy next year got 70% this year and look kurt schilling has done and mostly said plenty of outrageous controversial things was not outrageous or controversial at all is his Hall of Fame case. That guy has the numbers, he has the accomplishments, and and when you watched him, you thought to yourself, yeah, that's a Hall of Famer. Now, as Yankee fans, you hated it because he was facing off against you, but yeah. So it'll be fascinating to see for someone who would see, not the typical case, right? Like, you've seen other guys, when they get to that ninth year, that tenth year, Larry Walker, a perfect example, jumped 20% the last two years. So it was not that long ago, it didn't look like he was going to the Hall of Fame at all, and then the last two years, boom, he does. So it'll be interesting to see a player like Schilling, a case like Schilling, where it feels like a, a lot of people are entrenched in their position, but he has been moving up, got to 70%, almost always you get, and he, I think he still has two years after this year, but this year would, would seem to be, he would be the most likely candidate to get in. And then you have the Clemens Bonds argument and whether or not they get any significant boost. Their numbers have increased, but they still kind of, have remained pretty flat for the for the last few years. Now, next year is number nine for them. Year number nine, you're only on the ballot for 10. And as I said, you usually get the boost in number 10. But with no clear-cut guy next year, would either of them get – I don't know how many votes necessarily they need. You'd have to think it's probably about 30 or 40 votes. Are there enough votes out there to change that many minds when that their case has been pretty well stated for the last – you know, 15 years, basically. I've said if I had a vote, I wouldn't vote for either. I can understand guys who uh, don't vote for either. I personally I would have a hard time rewarding someone who I know they did something so clearly against the rules. And make no mistake, it was against the rules. And to basically honor someone with a day when they did something really dishonorable. They can be in the museum part. And that's something that people keep getting wrong because they bring up that argument like they did with Eli Manning. Oh, can you, you can't tell the story of baseball without mentioning Bonds and Clemens. Well, that's fine. They can be in the museum aspect of the building. It's, it's the Hall of Fame and museum. So the museum, I know when I was there, I'm pretty sure they had exhibits. I, I remember specifically they had stuff with Pete Rose on it. So that's part of the museum. But whether or not you're going to honor that person with a day, especially when they didn't need to, 
Like Bonds, I, I don't know the specific moment that he started using, but it's pretty clear he, unless he was doing it his entire career, which seems unlikely, he already had a Hall of Fame case. Same thing with Roger Clemens. So I get all the arguments. Well, you don't know all the guys that did it. That's fair. There are probably guys already in there that got in based, uh, at least in part, of using. Ivan Rodriguez would seem to be the most likely case. But that does not mean that all the rules are off or all bets are off, that I'm not going to, to hold anybody accountable for anything. That, to me, seems like a bit of a cop-out. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. All my life. Grinding all my life. I, I have been. I'm just saying this to Ty. I've been grinding all my life. I bring it up every single week. Grinding. You come across as a Nipsey Hussle kind of guy. Am I? Yeah. I don't know. I can't say that I'm uh, aware of Nipsey's. I know, I know who Nipsey is, but I'm not really aware of his work. I don't think Nipsey is really, when he's writing songs, that, he's, uh, that we have the same. It would be weird if he's writing songs with a 50-year-old married father of two in mind here here's what would be even more weird weird if he's actually writing songs considering he's dead oh is he dead well i'm saying at the time when he was was with us obviously i know he's dead i remember that i remember that big story when did he die it was like uh was it a year ago it's been it a little while year, yeah. yeah it was last year it was a little while it was a big story i know i'm aware of the news i don't i don't check out completely mainly because you can't check out completely with twitter everybody's always yelling at ah, ah, ah. maybe i don't care maybe Maybe you just keep this to – do you ever have one where you just keep it to yourself? Maybe this is just a you thing. And I'm not saying that the Nipsey, the Nipsey Hustle thing was a big story. I'm just okay. saying there's I'm other stories you, on Twitter I'm glad you cleared it up where people I was are just like, oh, my goodness, enough already. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's take some calls because I, I can't get into the Knicks just yet because I just can't I, – I just it, they just make it impossible sometimes. They just make it impossible. Let's go out to Eric is in Irvington. Eric, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning. Um, I'm calling because I'm, I'm I'm a little upset okay. that we have New York fans. I'm a giant fan for all my life. Mm-hmm. We have New York fans that are not standing up for this guy, Eli Manning. Out of the thousands of quarterbacks that have ever played this sport, mm-hmm. he is seventh all-time in yards passing. Yes, we, we detailed why that is. all-time in TDs. He's his seventh all-time in fourth quarter comebacks. Mm-hmm. He's seventh in total and total offense over his career. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that people look at this guy and they say, oh, well, he has this personality I don't like, or so on and so on. Nobody, I, I don't believe anybody has said that. I don't believe anybody has said well, that they no, don't no. like his personality. Meaning that he's this nice guy. You know, everybody don't like nice guys. Some guys want these mean guys, these nice guys, guys that have this personality. But my point is, this guy came to work every day. He had 210 straight starts. He didn't care what kind of team was around him. He played at the, a high level. Well, I think everybody plays no matter what team they have around them. I, look, I, I'm, I'm not <sighs> – it's exhausting. I would just say, in the words of Michael Irvin, don't lose that intensity. Don't lose that intensity. If you're someone who is saying Eli Manning belongs in the Hall of Fame because he's seventh on the all-time passing list or seventh in touchdowns, I would just say don't lose that intensity. When it's Philip Rivers' time to go to the Hall of Fame, make sure you're up in arms and screaming and yelling just like you are right now. When Matthew Stafford, he's at 41,000 yards through 10 years of his career. If he Now, he's had some injury concerns, so maybe he can't play another five, six years. But if he does, he's going to be right around that same level. Don't lose that intensity. Don't lose that intensity. 
when Matt Ryan blows past Eli Manning in a couple of years. Don't lose that intensity. If that's the point, that wouldn't be my point. My point would be, hey, Gordon, he's one of very few guys who's won two Super Bowls, two amazing runs, and he was the MVP. That's the reason he's going to the Hall of Fame. It's not based on the stats. It's not based on the stats. It's not based on his personality. It's not based on his consecutive games played streak. I've never heard that brought up about anybody else. Well, you know what? He, he wasn't uh, an elite guy, but he was mediocre every single week. <laughs> he was he, Sometimes he was really, really good, and then sometimes he was really, really bad. But, you know, he was out there. He made his presence felt. Yes, he was standing on the field. So, yes, it was Ira's in Staten Island. Ira, give us some sanity, please. I'll try. I'll try. Right. Good morning, Gordon. How are you? Yeah. Now, of, course, of course, Eli is a Hall of Famer. And, you know, the voting, and I've never been in a room. Uh, listen, Joe Klecko, I mean, if anybody deserves to be in there, it's him. Yep. But, you know, so I, I don't know really when it comes to presentations. I know, and I talked to Gary Myers. I know he's very heavily involved in that. And you, you can make the argument for a lot of players. Why isn't Jim Pluckett in, in the Hall of Fame? I mean, that doesn't make sense either. So I don't know where the criteria is. Do you, do you go by Super Bowl rings? Do you go by statistics? I mean, I, I don't. I, I think I think it's a mix. But Eli definitely deserves to be in there as a first-time Hall of Fame ballot. No, absolutely not. But he should get in. And you know, it's funny. I heard somebody say something about Namath. You know, whether it was Namath or any other quarterbacks from that era. It was it was a completely different game. Different game. Uh, it was, of course. I mean the def- the defensive backs were able to play defense. Oh my god, they used to right? murder guys. Forget about it. and the average throw. I mean, you didn't see twelve yard passes. Maybe yeah. a green pass once in a while. These guys averaged fifteen twenty yards down the field. John Hato, Darrell Monaco, the ball was flying all over the place. Yeah. So you can't you can't compare the two errors. But one thing I will say, Eli, to me, he 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 is a Hall of Famer. He will get in at some point. But I have to say one thing. I was glad to see he didn't make the same mistake that Namath made. Because Namath should have just called the quits. He should have never went to the Rams. Not only was he done by then, but it just he didn't look right in the uniform. And Eli did it the right way yesterday. He finished, which is refreshing, um, because not too many athletes in today's world and sports uh, stay in one place for all these years. So it was kind of nice to see him do that, and he got the recognition for it. Yeah, and look, if you're if you're wondering of whether or not Eli was going to handle a situation well, I, I don't really think that that was a fair consideration. He's, he always handles things well. He handled things well the entire time he was here, even coming in kind of what could have been a very tough situation, right? Demanding the trade from the Chargers, and then it wasn't like he hit the ground running right away. He had a couple of rough years there at the beginning of his career, but he was he, you knew what you were going to get with him. He was he was the same guy, win or lose, and he always kind of handled either the media or the, the the criticism. He always handled it in the right way. So that's um, I would also just to be fair. It's great that he wound up his career only one place. The line yesterday was a perfect line about uh, once a giant, always a giant. He's only a giant. Great, perfect. But I don't know necessarily that there were that many teams banging down the door either. I mean, what, what team was saying, you know what, let's go get Eli Manning, uh, just to be fair. Let's go out to Jason in Westchester. Jason. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up? So uh, the, main, the main argument I'm hearing from people for Eli to be in the Hall of Fame is his Super Bowl runs, right? And yep. I'm a huge Giants fan. Yep. But 
if you want to say that, you could also make the argument that Joe Flacco should also be in it from his Super Bowl run. And I mean, the guy beat Manny and Brady. He went 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions. So if you're just giving out Hall of Fames for Super Bowl runs, you know, it's not going to make it that, that special anymore. Well, look, but Joe Flacco only did it once. If he had another Super Bowl run in him, then maybe. But uh, he did not, and he did not have as good uh, career numbers as Eli Manning had. No, I mean, that's – but I, I, I like the the mindset of your argument. I don't agree with your argument, but right, you can get into if – you, if you start comparing this thing to that thing when the situation is very unique, I, I think you're going down the wrong road. It's pretty clear. We, we, we watched it. We witnessed it. We all know the reason why if you're making the case. And I have no problem with – if Eli Manning, I, I've come to terms with. And if anybody's out there who hasn't come to terms with the fact he's going to get in, well, you got five years at least, maybe longer than that. You got to do what you got to do. Talk to whoever you have to talk to. Look at whatever you have to look at. But he's going to get in. So I have no problem if you're saying he's getting in and he's getting in based on these two Super Bowl performances. Okay. Just don't make it about the other stuff because to me, that's not really fair. Dennis and Rockaway. Dennis. Hey, Gordon. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. What's up? So I agree with you 100%. Eli's getting in because there's two, two Super Bowls. Um, but take those away, he does not deserve it. If you look at his years in the league, every single year there's five or six guys better than him, no matter what. And if you look at the um, Hall of Fame, those are the absolute best players. Without those rings, Eli doesn't belong. Yeah, no, I mean, but he has them, right? I mean, that's what it all comes down to. And I heard people, uh, I can't remember who it was, maybe it was Don, maybe it was somebody else, who was saying, you know, pointing out, you know, 2008, he threw for, for 3,200 yards. He threw for, for 60% completions, 21 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's, that's a great year. But 2008 was the year that Tom Brady threw for 50 touchdowns. <laughs> so if you're comparing him against the other quarterbacks of his era, his performance is not going to match up. The only way that you can make the argument he's going to the Hall of Fame is based on what we've based it on. I can't say it anyway. We should have got a sponsorship for that. Brought to you by Carl's Jr. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. So basically for almost a decade, this question, not maybe not every single day because that would be weird, but it has popped up time and time and time again, and yet people are still debating it. So I guess it is kind of a debatable point if people want to continue to debate it. And you can continue to debate it at 1-800-919-ESPN. But I did want to touch on something that is not really debatable. And that would be your New York Knicks, who stink once again. Two articles this week, and it's not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend to you that I am sitting watching Nick games start to finish. I turn it on. If they're playing well, I stick with it for a while. If they're not playing well, I turn it off. Cause it's clear more so than ever before. That all they're doing is just wasting time. Just wasting time. But there were two articles this week, one by Ian Begley at SNY, who had about the final days of David Fisdale's tenure. And the other was a report from Bloomberg that the Knicks are hiring this marketing company to make them cool again. Yes, that's an actual thing I just said. I'm not really sure whether they're funny or they're depressing. I guess it kind of depends on your point of view. The main takeaway of the Begley article was that despite what they said publicly, the objective of the front office this year, they viewed this team as a playoff team. This team. This year. On planet Earth. Not unlike Earth 2 or in some alternate universe. So this is either one of two things. Either A, 
the front office is so delusional that they actually looked at this mix of players, which if you look at the roster, that's a bottom five roster. No one, no one should have been expecting, let alone people in charge, that this would be a playoff contender this year. Nobody was screaming for that. No one was expecting that, even with Nick fans, who, as I pointed out time and time again, tend to be delusionally optimistic. Yes, Fisdale did not do a good job, but this is a bottom five roster in the league. And it's you just finished tanking from the year before. Now, was there a roadmap to all of a sudden having this huge jump in the win total? Yes, the Knicks avoided that roadmap. They did not use Google Maps. They did not use Waze when it came to that. They didn't even use the old-fashioned map, pull it out of the glove box and unfold it and start, all right, I got to take this. Imagine, we lived at a time that people actually used maps. But I digress. No one should have thought that this, never mind people who are actually running the team. Why would you focus on making the playoffs this year? That should never have been the goal. Outside of job security. So that's terrible. But you know what? That's not actually the worst part. That may be true, right, that the front office is so delusional. The the other possibility is that the owner said, look, you had your plan to carry out, and now that you've carried it out, you have to go make the playoffs. That Mills and Perry don't actually believe that this is a playoff team, but they realize to keep their job, they need to put this mandate down to the players. Either way, it's really, really bad. And what's obvious, as I said, now more so than ever before. Like, you could have deluded yourself, and I think I deluded myself last offseason, thinking, okay, they got a plan. They're going to tank this year, hopefully get the number one pick, get into free agency, big offseason, and it all went wrong. What's clear now, even after that went wrong, now that we're more than midway through the, the season, there is no plan. There is no direction. There is no blueprint. Outside of shift blame, save your job, even the most optimistic Nick fan, who will look at the young players and the upcoming draft picks, it's not like they're trying to develop anything. The vets are playing heavy minutes in order to maximize as many wins as they can get, which is clearly not going to happen all that much. So even the blame Fizz defense, and he was not good, 4-18. and 18. Mike Miller now is what, 9-16? and 16? Better, not good, nowhere close, and it's not like you're building anything. It's not like that the Knicks came into the season with a mandate from the fan base of the media, well, you gotta, you got to win this many games. We were just simply looking for improvement and improvement with the young players developing in the process. That hasn't happened anything. And who knows, maybe the results, right, the Knicks will win, what, 25 games, say, which is much more than 17. So maybe that will buy the people that are in charge more time. It should not really buy any more of your patience. It's one thing to have faith, but blind faith is another thing. You need to have some things that you can point to. And the only thing that the current regime really can point to is kind of excuses. Well, you know, it was David Fisdale's fault or, oh, you know, this or that. The other story, which is either funnier or sadder, can go either way. They've hired a marketing company to make them cool again. Again, I ask you, is it me? Is it me? To make them cool again. How about to make them good again? How about just doing that? Make them better than they were again. And it's not like you're asking for huge leaps and bounds. You won 17 games last year. 
What could the marketing company do to make them cool again if you're winning one out of basically every four games? And the season's over before Thanksgiving rolls around. What could they possibly do? Do they have any names for GMs? Maybe we could use them. Man, I'm sure they'll take the money, but to make them cool again, how would you even go about that? Maybe I should hire them to make me cool again or just simply cool for the first time ever. All right, well, let's uh, go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN. Here's Kenny in Jersey. Kenny, Kenny never agrees with me. I think he's actually going to agree with me for today. So maybe this, we have a historic moment. This is radio history because I almost agree with everything you said this morning. And usually I only call Are you in feeling all right? Are you coming with down with the flu or something? You got a little bug or something? You guys go see the doctor? <laughs> I don't know, man. But look, it, it, it's kind of hard when you're trying to judge talent by them rings, you know, because you made a perfect example with the Romanowski thing. You, it's like that's like a mic drop right there. You know, you, you can't just well, these mics are very expensive, Kenny. I can't drop them in here. They'll get mad at me. <laughs> in a team sport, you need the whole team. You know, so you can't judge talent because if that's the case, Eli Manning is better than uh Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know what? And Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson, they better than Warren Moon and, and uh Dan Marino. Yep. Now, nope. what sense does that make? That makes absolutely no sense. Right. Eli had two good runs. I mean, they were great runs, actually. Out of how many years? 14, 16 years? So what about the other the other years? You know, we supposed to dis- disregard that and just vote him in? Well, look, they carry weight. They're, they're important. You don't dismiss them. You don't say that they don't matter or that they're just uh, one aspect. And it, it's not like the rest of his career was was terrible. He had good years. But I think that the proper term to use was it was underwhelming. Like it was very up and down, even week to week sometimes. So you give him the proper credit for the two Super Bowls. And if you're making the case, again, if that's what you're looking to do is get him into the Hall of Fame, that's what you can point to. The problem is that's really all you can point to. All these other things that people are bringing up, you would never bring them up for anybody else. And you've never brought them up for anybody else. So don't make it out now that all of a sudden, oh no, this is, this is the barometer which we measure people by. It's the only way, the only time you're doing that is, is right now because you love Eli. And I get it. Trust me. If I ever had a quarterback who won two, I would build that guy a statue on my front lawn with my bare hands. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you can put him in the Hall of Fame based on that. Uh, let's go out to uh, Anthony in New Rochelle. Anthony. Hey, thanks for taking my call. With one quick comment on the uh, Knicks and then Eli. You know what they need to do? And I'm a Laker fan, and that's the only team I root for outside of New York. I've been rooting for the Lakers for over 35 years. But for the Knicks, they need to get rid of this guy Mills. Um, I mean, he's been there over 20 years. They need to. They need a whole, a whole new philosophy. I mean, what part don't they understand? The Knicks have been bad. Like I said, you know. I got a, a New York, a New Rochelle Tech, because I actually work in New Rochelle School District. But I'm from the Bronx, and I live in the Bronx. So even though I'm a Laker fan, I want to see the Knicks do good. And these guys have got to go. But Eli, I'm a Giant fan. I witnessed all four Super Bowls. But this is the thing, my friend. To me, Eli was a good quarterback up until 2011. And he had two great runs, like your previous caller said. Two great runs up until 2011. He was a good quarterback. After 2011, he's been an average quarterback. In sports, either it's baseball, basketball, football, we putting guys in the Hall of Fame like great Biggio and all these guys. To me, 
a person that should be in the Hall of Fame should be one of the greatest players of all time. And now it's watered down so much that we're putting good players in. To me, this is my opinion, not the greatest players of all time. Yes, Eli was a good man, and as a Giant fan, I'm always going to respect him. But, man, I mean, I can keep the narrative real and still be a sports fan. He's not a Hall of Famer in my eyesight. He's not one of the greatest players of all time. Well, look, Anthony, you're fair. That's a fair assessment. I would disagree with you that he was he was not good after I think he said 2011. No, he had good years after 2011. And you could make some of the arguments and just in terms of statistics, some of his best years after 2011, 2015 that we brought up. Right. 2015. Uh, completed 62% of his passes, threw for 4,000 yards, 35 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. That's a great year by any barometer. 4,400 yards uh, the year before, 30 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Yes, but that was not the consistency of his career. And it's not like he was leading the league in, in, in statistical categories, but he won two Super Bowls. I think we can, I think we can hit that point uh, a couple more times. Richie is in Newark. Richie, what's going on, my man? Long time listener, first time caller, my oh friend. My this, what do we do this? to get you go, finally call in? I don't know what it was. <laughs> you got it, my brother. Now, listen, uh, this is funny. I thought it was a joke when I heard this earlier this week about the Knicks hiring a marketing firm to uh, have them be cool again. But the irony of this is that my son, who's only 18 years old and is a diehard Knicks fan, he keeps telling me, you know, Dad, the Knicks are not cool. Look at the Nets. They got this new jersey. They got new court. The the Brooklyn, the best style. Uh, it's just, I think it's hilarious, and I think it's very funny. But the fact that they're hiring a marketing firm, mm, there may be a point there. But, you know, that's not the real problems of the Knicks, as we all know. Yeah. That's not their problem. Well, look, maybe that's, maybe that's the view of the younger fan, that they just want a cool jersey or a cool court. I, you know, I just like to see my team win. I like to see my team win once in a while. I don't care what kind of jerseys they wear. I don't care what kind of court looks like. I don't care what kind of specials they're giving away. It's funny, though, if the Nets are the cool team, it's fine. You know what I haven't heard a lot about? The Nets culture lately. Have you heard about the Nets? How's the Nets culture going? I heard a lot about that going into the uh, the offseason. I'm not. Now, I'll grant you, I don't really keep up day-to-day as much with the Nets. But I haven't heard much about the Nets culture lately. Maybe because their best player is hurt right now. Well, they knew that going into the year. The culture is supposed to carry you through that. Yeah, but it's going to change once he comes back. Uh huh. Uh huh. And they start winning right. basketball they, they, games. They, is he the only guy they signed in the offseason? No, they signed another guy, but he's also been hurt. Really? That guy was been hurt, Kyrie. Yeah, shocking, right? I was very, very surprised. I'm very surprised by that. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on ninety eight point seven ESPN.